Welcome to HTB Stories, a podcast brought to you by Hack the Box. Today's episode features an AMA with Palinuro, the creator of ParadoS. Want to know when we do events live and participate in the discussion, or even ask your own questions? Join our Discord at discord.gg slash hackthebox. And now, on to the AMA. Uh, so, hello, how are you? Greetings from Hack the Box. I'm Soti, aka Runner. I'm the community manager. Uh, many of you may know me. Uh, so, first of all, uh, Happy New Year. I think everywhere in the world, they must have changed uh, the year right now. So, uh, Happy New Year to everyone. I hope everyone is uh, happy, is safe. Um, everything with COVID uh, situation is going better and better and everyone is going back to normal. So, I really wish that everything, all the best to you. Um, as of um, Hack the Box, uh, representing the community, I have to say, and the whole HDB in some aspects, I have to say that we have amazing things uh, planned and coming up from CTS, from on-site events that we will start coming again, guys, to your cities everywhere in order to meet you in person and do amazing stuff. And also, we have amazing things prepared and we will release about starting point and beginners. We have something very exciting coming on Academy, the most and the most 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 asked thing we've ever had uh, is coming now. I'm sorry I cannot say more, but yes. Also, this cool jersey, uh, it was custom made for our amazing um, Discord moderators and ambassadors, the people that do the meetups, uh, that had also the usernames in the back and the thank you card, etc. But it will be soon available on the store. I'm not sure if you will have any of donations exactly because it was an exclusive for those. But yeah, so that's it from me. I hope you rested during your December time off and um, it's almost February. Uh, we have also something very special and nice coming in for Valentine's Day. And um, I think that's it from me. And I'm going now to present our one and only guest for today. Today, guys, you know, the theme, the theme today is all about operating system and hacking operating system. You don't have to be a hacker to have a hacking operating system. You don't have to be uh, a pen tester. Uh, many people have security versions of their operating systems or they create their own. Um, so we wanted to not just do a hacking talk, but uh, speak more about operating systems in general. And of course, you can know that uh, Hack the Box uh, in its amazing family has also pirate team that we are so honored. And let me introduce you the founder of Parrot, uh, the, the mastermind behind it, uh, the one and only, you may know him as well, Palinuro, aka Lorenzo Faldera. Hello, Lorenzo. How are you? Hello. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be like adopted by the Hack the Box community, a very, very lowly community that does amazing things. It is like one of the communities I like the most when uh, it's up to cybersecurity and uh, trying to meet skilled people is very, very difficult nowadays. So I really like the opportunity to, to interact with people online through your community and through whatever you do, which is amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, we have a little bit of an echo. Maybe somewhere I am open now. Now we cannot hear you. We will do some adjustments, just give us a little bit of time. So till we have a little bit of time for that. Uh, what about now? <laughs> uh, now? Yes, okay. everything now is amazing. Thank you so okay. much. So what I was saying, till you do the setup, we have some amazing news coming up for Parrot. We have a new version coming. Finally. So, finally, I hear about this version since Ramhack. We were there in October or September. September, yeah. We need it. Lorenzo, we need this new version. <laughs> Tell us all about how it is. We have amazing and very interesting questions for everyone. Please leave your questions in the chat or in the AMA related channel. And at the end of the talk, we will pick also some of those. And we will announce also the winners of the questions because all questions that will be asked today are pre uh, asked from our form. And the three winners will win amazing prizes. And I will announce them at the end. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you, Palinura. 
Uh, well, first of all, uh, I'm not a cybersecurity expert. I don't like to be called like that because honestly, when uh, those rare times where I did penetration tests on the field, uh, I was not so good as other people expected by being the, the founder of um, Parrot. Uh, Parrot, yeah. So uh, what I really am and do is... Uh, I love cybersecurity. I love to study and experiment in this field. I love uh, looking at an object, especially if it has some technology hidden somewhere, and ask myself, what else can I do with that? This is this is like an approach. Uh, I'm not an hacker, but I love this kind of mentality, this approach to, to things. And this is what helped me... Um, approach also development, system administration, uh, administration, networking, and so on. Uh, what I do now is basically uh, to take Debian and to use it as a, uh, as a foundation to develop uh, what I love to call a framework for penetration mm -hmm. testers. Uh, something that can that can enable other people to do to do the real stuff, uh, the, the real hacking, or uh, just to experiment and learn like I did. Uh, because honestly, when I started developing the system, I was no one. I had no clue about how to develop an actual operating system. And imagine doing that for uh, the cybersecurity field, which is a very very um, uh, delicate. A field where you really have to not mess things around. So I learned while doing, and I, I love the idea of offering this system as an opportunity for other people to to learn by doing, and to try to to be an example to others. Not because of what uh, of what I do, but of the passion I try to to put in what I do. That's so true. And one question, like one little note. Don't say you were no one. Everyone is someone, you just had the passion and that is amazing that you wanted to create something from your own. So everyone can do whatever they want, as, as long as they want it a lot and uh, as long as uh, we try uh, for what our dream is and it was your dream. Anything that you want to share about like where are you from, uh, if you want to show your age, anything like about what do you do, what do you like to do in your free time, these kind of things. Would you like to Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Uh, I lost the count of my years like at 27, but I think I am 27 at this point. Um, okay. I was born in 95. Um, so um, I don't, uh, my family is not very into uh, information technology or similar fields. They are mostly artists. So I was like the, the black sheep of the family a little bit. And I had to experiment <laughs> myself, try to, uh, I was completely alone while growing up in with my ideas, with my passions. But of course, uh, information technology is not my only passion. I started with music initially and video. So I'm not a video maker, but I, I'm really good at handling a camera as an operator or uh, as an editor for post-production. It, it is something I really love to do on my free time. Um, and one other important thing that I discovered later, especially this year, uh, during not this year, during the quarantine, uh, was photography, uh, especially analog photography. In fact, I'm like, feel, my room is filled with uh, uh, old cameras and strange things from another age, oh, really. Oh. I, it works. I, I use it actually to, to shoot picture. And I also have okay. other bricks from 50 years ago or something like that and, and, and i love to shoot picture uh, like frame the reality and try to extract something new from it by just looking at it in a very very particular way it is what i love about photography it is also what uh, i try to do with other things like uh developing the part of the distro okay it is a debian uh, it is uh cybersecurity oriented there are other systems that do the same how can i frame this concept in a different way to make it appear like something new, something different, something useful. Mm -hmm. How can I try different approaches to make it different? This is what I try to do, not only with cybersecurity, but as, as you saw, saw with photography, with uh, filmmaking and whatever, uh, <laughs> like scratch, uh, scratches my passion. That's very nice. Uh, that's very interesting. I like how you approached photography and um, the Parado S, how you chain those things two together. 
Um, and I have to say that he is, in fact, someone that loves photography because I remember that uh, we had this huge meetup that we did. If you remember, guys, the the Battlegrounds tournament, the third one, or the Cyber Santa event that I barely had a voice. It, because, it was because we were at that meetup with Palinurum dancing like crazy. Yeah. And the whole company, actually. And you had, I remember your camera, and everywhere we go, actually, to any conference. So that's true. Okay, so now I'm going to start with a question that we have already uh, pre picked. So, Let's start with the first one. By Cyclone, what inspired or made you to create your own hacking operating system? Uh, well, it was a book, uh, Hacking the Art of Exploitation by uh, John Erickson, oh. if I'm right. It, it is yes. like my Bible. And uh, it inspired me so, so much because the a learning curve of, of this book was so high that by switching, uh, by just uh, changing page, uh, the amount of uh, of knowledge I had to to had to, to understand it was so higher than the previous page that it was really stopping me, preventing me from having a, a nice read of the book. So I had to stop every single chapter to study to study something uh, something else. And from there, I started learning web programming, web development, uh, standalone development in Perl, Ruby, Python, C, uh, and so on. And then it was like those uh, secrets you can never uh, touch, but you can try to uh, to work to reach them, but never never manage to, to actually grab them. I think hacking is like that. Hacking is something you you never reach. Hacking is continuously trying to uh, to improve yourself somehow. And this book was very okay. representative to you. Uh, this is of course. Also, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, don't worry. Uh, also, um, what I did was to abandon macOS. I was a macOS user before the iPhones were out. So I'm like the an old school Apple user. Uh, <laughs> I used also uh, Apple use, uh, systems from the 90s. My parents couldn't afford a modern, like the last uh, latest uh, Mac computer. So I also dealt with legacy technology from Apple, which I really love compared to the new technology. I completely shifted away from that model. I didn't want it to hear back from them ever in my life. <laughs> uh, since 2013, I never wanted to put my hands or my private data on a Mac computer and completely switched to Linux. Uh, I switched to Linux and started to customize the system. The problem when you start customizing Linux is that you continuously break it because you don't know how it really works. So I was there. Uh, uh, like uh, not studying at all because I had to continuously modify and reinstall and remodify and reinstall my system. At some uh, at some point, I decided to automate it and build my own um, pre-packed ISO file with all my customizations already in. And this is where my journey to develop an operating system started. My first distribution was for personal use. Uh, I was like a little script kiddie, so I really liked to have a security-oriented, pen-testing-oriented uh, personal distribution. And this is where uh, everything started. Uh, what I did was not just to customize how it looked, but to do it by following the standards of uh, the Linux system I was working with. To, to not create just a customized version, but to but create an actual derivative distribution. This is where Parrot came from. By me trying to customize my own uh, pen testing system for myself, and then seeing that other people loved my configuration and wanted to adopt it as well. This is how Parrot was born. In fact, the, the same name, Parrot, uh, derives from like the, the iconic Parrot in the shoulder of the pirate in uh, comic books, for instance. Yeah. Um, that is also one of the questions. So, like, so you created your own operating system, you did your own configurations, uh, your own modifications, and like from friends, it started from uh, university, from uh, high school. How did that started spreading? Away? Mostly high school. <laughs> yeah, I, I was at high school at this point. Uh, this point the equivalent in Italy. Um, um, no, it, it was no one near me. It was other people people around the world who just okay. found the project on Facebook or uh, just blog posts 
I, I have no idea why someone downloaded my project and wrote a blog post about it, but people did it and people, uh, other users liked it and people around the world started to use it. And then my friends heard about me from outside <laughs> our group and found me that, that I was the founder of maybe the system they were using at the time. Uh, that was amazing. That's very cool. And that is uh, the power of the community. Uh, that uh, if something worth is worthy, um, it will get out there at some point. And it's a very inspiring story. Um, so the second one that really attaches with this one is why did you choose part to represent the operating system? Well, I partially answered to that as well. Well, at the beginning, it was uh, the part, the companion representative of, of the um, pirate uh, character of, uh, um, you know, comic books. But uh, it, I have not really thought about that at the beginning. But it it just uh, looked perfect to users, and it stayed like that since then. So it was also uh, almost uh, something casual that happened. I chose that name and I eventually found out why uh, that name was good for a project later. Yeah, the pirates, why not? Let's call it pirate. I also uh, grow pirates at home, one at a time, of course. Uh, and I try to, to teach them things. I have a singing pirate here at home. Okay. Uh, that's a, uh, it is also my passion, a relationship with animals and other uh, living things that uh, mm -hmm. really behave very different and very differently from other people and it is very interesting to study how they think how they work or how they do they um, things and they are very very intelligent animals it is completely false that they are just stupid animals that copy whatever you say to them to them you can have a very interesting relationship with them you can be like a friendship with such animals when they are so intelligent okay so you like okay you do not have a conversation like you can understand your of course not but, but you can have habits with them uh you can oh. have shared uh, actions like uh, moving the fingers and having the parrot uh coming at you there, there are many things you can build together you can listen to them they are very very good at explaining you what they want from you whether they want food whether they want like cats when when they move their uh you know so it works and having a relationship with, with an animal also was my introduction to artificial intelligence. They are not fully related. People studying in artificial intelligence and people studying animal intelligence like hate each other somehow, but <laughs> okay. there are some kind of relationship between the, the two things. Okay, but like how artificial intelligence uh, came in your line with animals it, like, you wanted to do artificial intelligence to the animal? Like, no, no, of course not. <laughs> of course not. But <laughs> by interacting with an, with an animal and trying to teach him something, I, uh, I found some similarities to how you uh, train a machine learning model, for instance. Okay. Uh, through deep learning. learning, through all the techniques you you know, uh, you know, and there are some strategies. Uh, I know their name in Italian, so <laughs> I, I don't know how to talk about it uh, in English properly. But uh, there are some uh, techniques that are similar uh, across these completely different fields: training animals and training <laughs> uh, AI models, uh, which is amazing. Yes. It is a stupid thing. No, but, no, I uh, understand. I understand. There is the training model. Uh, that uh, you feed the algorithm in order to understand what they do, and then they come with the data, and you understand from the data how close it was, and then you continue to train, you change the algorithm. I know some, I think, basic stuff. Just yeah, you can teach an animal that something uh, it does is wrong, for instance. Uh, the same way you, you teach an algorithm that uh, a solution was not the proper one and have to recalibrate all the values. That is also an episode on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> uh, yeah. later, right? <laughs> True. You remember it? Yeah, mm, a little With, bit. Uh, but, yeah. Yes, it was uh, seldom that it was uh, training uh, the girl. Uh, every time she did uh, something good, and every time she did something bad, with the truth. So, and then it's like, stop trying to train my boyfriend, my girlfriend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's similar, but. Let's not try to educate and control people. We can have honest discussions. It's different with an animal in order to have a bonding relationship. So let's move to the next one. Because this situation, now we're going to weird places. Uh, so, 
an interesting, interesting, interesting question. There is any chance, of course, that we can run Parrot in an Apple event silicon as a secondary I know this question. without VM? Uh, we can do with a VM and we are working on it. I have a beta ready on my laptop right now that is supposed to work on uh, on the Apple M1 CPU. I have not tested it, of course. I will tell Harris or someone else in the company to try it or have the community test it for me because I don't have a, a Mac M1 by, uh, right now. Uh, but uh, by talking with uh, Emma a uh, few minutes ago, uh, she told me about some interesting developments, both in Ubuntu and Arch Linux to um, to make um, Linux work properly on Mac and one CPU and uh, the T2 CPU in general, make it run, make it interact with the uh, hardware properly. So there are patches out there. As a derivative operating system uh, specific to cybersecurity, it is not our priority to support Mac and one natively right now. Uh, we would like, I would like at least to uh, wait for Debian, Ubuntu, and other distributions to properly support it, and then just uh, import what they did in our project. But uh, by uh, the recent work I did on Parrot 5.0, that helped me um, familiarize more with some of the new Debian um, updates to the kernel, to the installer, and other components. And by listening to what Emma said to me, I okay. think there is enough room for development to not to allow me to do it without driving me crazy. So we might try, <laughs> but uh, officially, like official okay. yeah, the official statement is that we will wait for Debian to do that and meanwhile provide just VM support. Okay, that's very cool. Um, and I think it's uh, very much uh, requested. Uh, not that much, you know, my my request is uh, to be able to support VMware and VirtualBox at the same time. I will keep on saying What if we did in Faro 4.0? Because I, I've worked on that as well. What? What if we did I'm... it for Faro 5.0? Yes. <laughs> well, VirtualBox now works amazingly. I've tested it and it works out of the box, whether you, have, you use the live edition or the architect edition. Uh, it works. I have to test it with um, uh, VMware, but the packages are there and they are treated the same. It is the same code that works with uh, VirtualBox, so I don't expect major compatibility issues anymore. Okay. Good news. <laughs> That's not good news. It's, I think it's the one thing when you came on board in the company, uh, this is the first thing that I told you. When are you going to make it? And every time, you know, if you remember, we had this one, we should have the one or why we should have the other. I will send you a huge gift over there where you are. I will not disclose uh, where. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or the next time that I say you, but that I believe will be very soon. Um, that's so great news. Yeah, and many of the good news of Parrot 4.0 are based on a completely shift of model of development model we are following. Because so far, Parrot was just um, a Debian derivative and nothing more. A uh, Linux distribution uh, packed with many pen testing tools. But my dream has always been to make it more like a framework, something you can. Uh, something stable that stays there and works on whatever platform exists out there that you can use to customize, to, to, to build your own environment on. Or mm -hmm. if you are a company or uh, someone with a huge amount of free time, uh, also uh, build products on top of it. Maybe you are a developer of a tool and you want to ship your tool inside a container, maybe Docker-based something or something that can um, cooperate, I don't know, uh, interact properly with Kubernetes and other similar technologies. You yeah. might use Parrot as a, as a basement for uh, developing such solutions. So my dream has always been to make Parrot uh, a framework rather than a distribution. And... It was impossible so far because uh, the development was, the maintenance of the system was so overwhelming for us that we had no time to, to make our dream through. Now we uh, spent enough time doing that. We planned okay. things properly. We have redesigned the packages. Uh, we have really thought before fixing things because 
so far, Parrot was like a model that worked in the past that was kept updated over time uh, with little hacks to make it continue working as it did before. Okay. Now we took the time. It is like since 2016 that I dreamed a Parrot system with this model, with this design, with this structure. And okay. it, is, it has been since... Uh, uh, not even September when we talked about it in um, in Rome, but uh, since July or even March uh, 2020, that I started to work on Parrot 5.0 with this design. And now, finally, we we uh, like yesterday, I saw the installer installing for the first time a clean system out of the box uh, oh in a God. very, very linear way. Uh, I was like crying. Uh, it was like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I still work, I was still working on it. Uh, I was sleepy as hell. And I finally saw the system show up in a proper way. And it was like a dream uh, come true. And I would really love to see other people in the hacking community have the same feeling with the new version of the system because there are some things that need to be changed, uh, fixed, uh, and so on. But the core of the system is huge. It's something huge for for me, at least for people yeah. who would like to approach cybersecurity the same way I do. Okay. And I think it would be like you seeing like uh, your kid coming to life, I think, for the first time. Yes. Uh, for saying, yeah, because you design and you speak about 5.0 so much time. So we are, we are, for me personally, I cannot wait to try it out. Like, um, hands down, congrats for all the time it took you. And I think it will take everyone's breath. And... Uh, I will go to the next question that I think is very close to what you said right now. What are the most mm, challenges you face while developing and maintaining Parotech? Okay. Uh, the biggest challenge was to maintain it updated. It was huge. You fix a package, it works, you have it updated on your repo, and a few days later, a new update comes up and you have to go back to the drying table and redo the package, uh, redo the packaging again with, with your modifications, test whether your uh, modifications work on, on the new version of the package and release it again. Um, then there is a security update. You have to wake up in the, in the, during the night, get your computer, test the new update, recompile it, uh, test it again on uh, other platforms, on other uncommon parity installations, and deliver it to the platform. Uh, then uh, Debian completely changes something in his in, its internal behaviors, and then you have to figure out how to solve it. Maybe you are... Uh, this is an issue we had on Parrot 5.0. We were almost ready to release, but uh, many things changed since the previous release. And okay. the installer... Uh, uh, sorry, the build scripts for the ISO file the installers uh, and a couple of other system components had to be redesigned from scratch. But the issues that prevented the old versions to work or the new patched versions to, to be easily adaptable was not so clear to us. So we spent like two months figuring out uh, how to solve the issue properly, just, oh. ju just for the installer and the build scripts, because uh, of some changes that happened, uh, also because we switched from uh, a rolling release model to an LTS model, so a long-term support model. It's like switching from Debian testing to Debian stable. Uh, it was huge because Debian has. Uh, I, I love Debian. It is. It is not only my favorite system. It is. It is not fair to, to what I feel for Debian. It is like. Mm, it is like feeling at home. But oh. It is. Uh, <laughs> It is a huge crop of Bash and Perl scripts with a huge amount of hard-coded stuff that is very, very hard to, to keep track of. So when you have to work with such code, the standardization is amazing. From time to time, you have a really bad time with spaghetti code in Bash and Perl. And from time to time, even a mixture of two, I have seen Bash scripts hard coding uh, parallel scripts inside, in line, in the in bash script to, to do, um, I don't know, regexps or other magic stuff. So it is hard to, to deal with it. When you think you know Debian, Debian will, will prove you you're wrong. Okay. 
that is something interesting for everyone to know that uh, wants to develop their own OS, but for everyone that is installing Pirate or Emmy to have a little bit of understanding to the developers. But like, how do that, does that work? You, you want to do an update now, for example, how do you hear about an update that has to happen? How you get informed and uh, who is doing it? Like, what is the procedure? Uh we uh, usually know it from Debian itself uh, because mm -hmm. uh, we have pipelines on our repository that automatically import updates from Debian that don't require to be adapted to us. And we see when an update uh, overrides our own update, something that we patched. So um, we can intervene in that case to, to just those packages uh, just that need updated. Um, one thing that uh, is harder to do is to update the tools because we have to monitor thousands and thousands of tools from multiple sources and uh, figure out how they packaged it, how they updated it. That This is a huge amount of work. We did it manually for years, but finally um, a developer of us, uh, DM Knight, the Vietnamese guy, uh, came up with a very, very elegant solution uh, that autom completely automates uh, what a uh, Parrot package man maintainer will do. He has a magic script that runs automatically, that finds a new upstream versions, downloads them, um, package, uh, Debianize them with our Debianization, updates the version and the changelog in the Debianization files, and notifies us uh, when they are ready. They are then uploaded to my uh, build machines. They are built. If the build fails, we intervene in the package. If they don't fail, they are then tested. And if the binary works, it is released. If it doesn't work, we try to fix it manually. So automation was the key, but it is huge. Uh, we we took years to to have such a fluid uh, workflow that uh, an automated workflow that, that just works. And we have still a huge amount of things that will that is better to automate, and we will automate soon. Okay, that is. I think it it goes very well with the second question. But that is huge that you automate. I don't know about other operating systems how are created or anything. They have automation too. Yes, but usually yeah. the um, pack packaging the but actual Debianization. Yeah, um, it's actually two of us working on packages. Me and the M. Other people in the team from time to time give a hand, but working on the core and the packages and the tools, it's just me and DM. Okay. Uh, so you're both very talented and the whole part of the team. And, uh, it's not about talent, it's about survival at some point. <laughs> Trust me, it's survival. Survivals. Okay. So now that we discussed that, what is the most difficult implementation that you made in Parnot and which one did you like the most? Difficult implementation of a tool, of a package, or whatever. What like when we say something? What is the most difficult thing that you did? Like what rings, what comes to your mind first? That must be the most painful for you. What was the most painful that you had to implement? To implement? Mm. Sorry. Okay. Oh, we lost. Okay, the camera missed. went out. Uh, probably the Linux kernel because it is maintained in a very very peculiar way in Debian, and it was a little bit hard to me to... Well, now it is pretty easy to me and pretty obvious that it was packaged that way, but my first approach to the Debian, to do the Linux uh, packaging of the... to the Debian packaging of the Linux kernel was like... Uh, it's like having the Everest in front of you and having to figure out how to go to the... Uh, right to the... What's the word? Okay, I, I'm looking at the Debian kernel and <laughs> I'm figuring out uh, what the word. Uh, so yeah, it, it was very difficult to do. You monitor it. You, I'm trying to understand. Yes, we uh, we monitor the Linux kernel. I, I have a special packaging workflow just for the Linux kernel and for the installer, which was the other very very different thing in uh, in Debian that we had to, to to figure out how to to probably maintain. Um, and the Debian install is also where most of the spaghetti code in Bash happens, so it was hard. So the kernel uh, was mostly um, a matter of figuring out how the packaging worked and how actually Debian advanced Debian packaging happens and works. Uh, the Debian installer was mostly 
uh, deep dive into uh, an operating system that nobody knows because yeah. the Debian installer is not a program. It's not a software. It is an mm -hmm. entire separate operating system that performs the installation. So it's huge. Wow. I didn't know. It, it, is not, it is not a program. It, it is an entire copy, uh, a stripped down version of Debian with a different pack, uh, with different packages. They are called the UDEBs uh, with different uh, scripts and things. It, it doesn't have uh, systemd, for instance. It, it is a systemd free operating system developed by Debian. Uh, uh, it has a different in its system that handles uh, loading the modules and so on. It has its own uh, GTK implementation to run the graphical user interface when you don't have, when you don't start it from a live distro. It, it is huge. Oh my God. That, well, that could be an EMEA by itself. Not an EMEA, like a workshop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a workshop that you would like to do. Like, uh, how that would work? How does it work? How you can modify, like, oh, Congrats. I, I have nothing to say, to be honest. I'm speechless. I didn't know it was working like that. Um, so what uh, do you think, uh, what, what do you think that makes Parrot so special among other Pentest OS or general purpose distros? Why should we choose Parrot? Okay. What I'm going to say is my personal opinion. Uh, other people from our team or our community might have a different opinion. Other people from the other projects might have a completely different view of the thing. But my view is that uh, information technology is huge and you cannot approach it in just one way. Uh, you really need to have diversity and um, uh, different projects doing the same thing, but approaching that thing in different ways, with different views, with different ideas. And uh, you know that such environment in, is healthy when you see one project developing a solution and the other project not wanting to adopt the same solution, but wanting to uh, try another path, or when that project uh, invents something new that is good and the other projects Im uh, imitate it. For instance, we have copied many, many ideas from Kali Linux and uh, there is no shame in admitting it. Uh, we also saw Kali Linux changing during the years, uh, moving away from a root uh, login model, uh, adopting a more lightweight desktop environment. So uh, these projects watch each other uh, we monitor each other always and we try to figure out how to make our system not better than the others because it's not a matter of being the best it is a matter of inventing something new something different or copying what works when you uh, really think this uh, that, that is the, the, the good idea for to be implemented um for instance we are uh we wanted to focus not only on being uh pen testing distribution, like something you virtualize, you do your penetration test and stop there, uh, like writing your report on a different operating system. But we wanted uh, people to use the Parrot operating system are, as their main system, their desktop yeah. system. So you can write a rep your final report on it. For instance, you have LibreOffice pre-installed. Uh, people who don't like it can switch to another program, it, it doesn't matter. But uh, what matters is that the system have to be complete, not just a tool inside a virtual machine, but something that can run on your bare metal hardware and can fulfill all your computational needs, if you want. Um, Completely, I understand and love this uh, prospect, yeah. Of course, and as you can imagine, it also um, introduces new uh, issues that you have to solve. For instance, if you if you use your system as a daily driver, how would you address security when you move that system in an enterprise um, environment, an enterprise network? You have to think about isolation, uh, sandboxing and similar technologies, compartmentalization of whatever you do, because you cannot do a penetration test for a client with the same box for, uh, that you use for another client because it might be affect, uh, affected by some 
something you don't know or it might be dirty somehow in the system maybe some scripts some log files left around it, it is a huge mess to handle properly so you have to develop the right technologies or exploit existing technologies in a different way to be used in that field for instance we started to leverage docker containers for that you can install a parrot home edition without tools and you can use uh, all the parrot tools from Docker containers, or you might use the Kali tools from Docker or any other, you might develop your own Docker containers to do that and have one container for each client or one container for um, each uh, phase of the penetration test. Maybe you use a set of containers just for the information gathering step, another one for the exploitation. And it also introduces you opportunities to invent something completely new that has not been seen so far. We are developing on it. So if you want to steal this idea, uh, you are still in time to, be, uh, to, to, <laughs> to do it before we do. Uh, like okay. automating the um, uh, logging of operations you might easily centralize all the network activities or of your containers and log the network activities they perform for compliance, for instance. Uh, so it, it is a huge um, world that the more you explore, the, the more you see that you can do things differently. And as you do them differently, uh, new scenarios open up for development and ideas and, develop, uh, and products that you can build a design or help other companies to, to build for you for instance. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And I love your approach that everyone looks at everyone and everyone wants to create something unique, but it should be something that not discerning for protesting, but it should be something that you can use for everything. Yes. Um, so my answer to the question, why should I use Parrot uh, is you don't have to use Parrot. It is just a player in a diversified ecosystem that has to stay diversified like it is right now. Uh, and diversification is key because at this point you can use whatever operating system you like. From that, you can run whatever pen testing framework you like, also with the help of uh, specific um, of, um, pen testing centric operating systems. And then you are free to adopt the best solution that better fits your needs. Maybe Metasploit is better packed in Kali, but uh, you want to use to take advantage of, uh, I don't know, Ryzen for reverse engineering, which is properly packaged in Parrot. And you can create your hybrid and convergent systems where you can do whatever you want from the best doing that at, at that uh, time. So why not? Why not stopping thinking about which one is the best and starting thinking how the uh, IT security ecosystem looks like today? Very cool. And uh, for the people of the community that they want to contribute to the project, uh, how could they? Uh, we have someone asking as a person uh, studying malware analysis and reverse engineering, besides using Pirate OS and then giving feedback or possible bugs, how anyone, not just, let's say, in malware analysis and reverse mm -hmm. engineering, but anyone could contribute in the Pirate project? Well, uh, as you can imagine, uh, the thing we need the most is people who know how to maintain Debian packages, how to take a software that is packaged, only the developer knows how, and make it, uh, make it universally buildable on a Debian compliant build infrastructure. This is the only way to universally extract a proper deb file that can be integrated into our repository. If a package cannot be put on our repository in a compliant way, there is no way for us to have that tool on the system, unfortunately. Um, so we need package maintainers like, like we need like air or water. It is something we really, really need. Um, other things we need are uh, like contributors, um, donors that want to support our infrastructure. Because imagine we are no longer just a little project with a website and a huge archive hosted on a server. If we hosted everything on the most powerful server we can we could afford, we will never be able to support the traffic we release from people. Even with with the universities and network operators and research centers 
uh, offering us mirroring services. Now our infrastructure is global. We have like a replica of whatever we have in every single continent. We have um, a master backbone with an edge network. It, it, it is huge because we want to provide also faster access to updates and content we develop. So donations either in code because all our infrastructure is driven by code. It is actually uh, infrastructure as code model, which is great. You, you can have contributors working on your infrastructure without giving them SSH keys to your servers. It is amazing. And you yeah. can peer review them. You can have, um, uh, you can test whatever they do. You can have CI pipelines testing whether their comments are good or not. We don't have them right now because no one uh, actually uh, contributed to the infrastructure, but the code is there. People can review it and people can start contributing active, actively to the infrastructure so that we can then develop together the proper pipelines to automate stuff there. There is no need for automation right now there. We have okay. better things to solve at uh, the moment. So, so anyone can contribute in the infrastructure, but do you have also maybe any job opportunities that someone might be interested in? Well, uh, it depends. Yeah, it depends on the partnerships we develop over time. The biggest one is the one we hack the box. So me and the other members of the core team are actually hack the box employees paid as a donation to the project to continue to work on the project completely autonomously without our hack the box influencing the decisions of the project. So it was very interesting that Harris proposed me to, to keep the project completely uh, autonomous and independent and also enable other uh, even competitors, if they wanted to donate and participate to the project. This is this was very, very interesting and different from the approaches of similar companies in the field. Um, so yeah, we are we are like free to, to do whatever we want. People can contribute to the project on their free time. People can donate to the project money or um, expertise also if they wanted, because we need expertise from time to time to co-locate a server, uh, find the right uh, ideas uh, and so forth. Uh, but also uh, hiring uh, positions for us are a little bit different because we need other companies to uh, willing to hire someone for us. So I hope Linode to be our next partner in this journey and be because we would like to do amazing things together, but no spoilers yet. Uh, but we are we are open to companies. Uh, yeah, b before hiring people, we need to make partnerships with companies and convince them that hiring people for us is a good idea. Okay. Uh, and uh, so now that we have the Pilot OS 5.0 that is coming up, what is the thing uh, from Pilot OS 5.0 that uh, you cannot wait the most to showcase to the world? Personally, <laughs> my personal Kubernetes cluster at home and how Parrot server runs on it. But of course, it has to be the idea that, that I, since the way the 5.0 version was developed, uh, enabled us to develop a server edition um, uh, as well. Uh, it also enables us to build the server products based on the Parrot core. And, mm -hmm. I see a huge potentiality there for uh, new products for the future. And it, it, this is where I would like to spend my personal free time trying to figure out what we can do uh, that, that is completely unseen so far. There are some products that I have in mind that every single penetration tester needs, but no penetration tester know uh, the need of. So in the future, I expect to I will dream at least to, to invent something completely new based on things on the past because it is like Lego puzzles. The pieces are out there. You just have to arrange them in the proper order to invent something new. And there are many, many new things completely unseen that will revolutionize the um, IT field. Like? I really don't want to spoil I think I know. Team, but, I think I know. But, but okay. just to give you some buzzwords, uh, uh, filling the gap of cloud penetration testing technologies that are not I there. Know, like, of course, it is, it is my buzzword for when it comes to what the field lacks right now. But also, yeah. I don't know, digital forensics. Uh, I've never mentioned it enough. Um, and then, uh, why not? Um, even mobile uh, hacking. 
either from the mobile or to the mobile, because right now these are the fields where open source stopped developing tools and solutions and big companies started to develop proprietary products that yeah. are not accessible to, to, to common people under a free license or a free to use license. So uh, it is very, uh, as far as the open source community lands on, on this forgotten land, <laughs> things will explode like they did with Kubernetes. Okay. Uh, I love to see and try all these new things uh, that uh, Pirate 5.0 will have. Actually, because we have also the, we have cloud hacking challenges in the CTFs that we do. We have also the cloud problems. So mm -hmm. we cannot wait to try them out. Um, so one other thing, um, will there be any different uh, themes available such as an HTB Pondbox theme? Like you have a theme, uh, a part theme. You ask the we delivered. Uh, part of 4.0 will have the Hack the Box edition as an official uh, edition delivered to users. It will be an ISO file looking identical to the pound box you have online on your website. And it is a way to, uh, it is a little bit stripped down. Uh, so some tools that are not commonly used on the pound box are not there. For instance, the mm. digital forensics tools, you don't need them on a, on, on a pound box, for instance. So it, it is smaller. Uh, Everything you need for a classical penetration test is there. Even everything you need to solve hack the box challenges is provided by default. I would like to work on the integration with the um, hack the box VPN in the future, maybe adopting mm. a default uh, launch or something. There is room for development there. But yeah. what we want to deliver right now is uh, a part of edition for hack the box. Uh, that people can install on their laptop and have the same user experience they have with the Poundbox, but with zero latency and maximum performance. Amazing. And I have to say that I remember when we were, uh, I wasn't designing Poundbox, but I, Chap was designing Poundbox, like the Parrot, uh, the, the HTTP version of Parrot. And I remember that we asked silently, first of all, the Discord team, I don't know who is here in the chat and who is hearing us, that they voted what tools we will add, what tools we should remove, what should be there for the community. Also, back then, we had an ask here coming down mm -hmm. and we did a giveaway on um, on our Discord that the, the person that will create the, the best ask here to hack the box will get something. So it goes completely community-driven. And that is something that we could do, actually. Like, uh, for me... We should do it again. Yeah. What do you want? That we did it only with our Discord moderators because it was a closed project mm -hmm. and they beta tested it. They found bugs, like Pondbox, not Parrot bugs. Uh, but uh, yeah, that would be very cool. Yes, we should do a survey again. In order of course, I am very picky at including some of the tools that were proposed. For instance, um, there are some tools that are very, very hard to package because of mostly Java dependencies. So we might need some help to integrate them. If they are easy to integrate, mm -hmm. it's an easy run. But for other things, it's not just a matter of uh, cloning a repository on the desktop and launching a software like you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for a distribution, we have to properly integrate it in the system yeah. in order to provide security updates, in order to clean completely the, the mess that the package uh, spread uh, on the system when you remove it. Uh, we have to do it following the standards. Uh, and of course, there are already some tools that do the same thing in Parrot, and we don't want really to replace them uh, with external tools if they are difficult to manage, difficult to maintain over time, or if they don't have the same features. So what we can do is to provide many alternatives for the same thing on the repository, but the selection mm -hmm. of the tools that come pre-installed with the ISO file have to be finely tuned to be um, as tight as possible to the needs of everyone. So we, we will have a bad time discussing what to include or what not. Well, so you have to understand yeah. why from time to time we have to refuse such proposals yeah. and how eventually to work to solve them at the source, which is very, very interesting. One thing that yeah. we dream to do is yeah. to create like um, a board of people from uh, that develop distributions and derivatives 
to suggest to software developers how to make their packages better. Imagine a board where Kali and Parrot developers, uh, and eventually Backbox and other uh, Black Arch uh, developers come together, contact the developers of those tools that are nowadays hard to package and work together to make them better. That will be amazing. Yeah. Easier for us to integrate, easier for them to maintain over time because such standards are there for a reason. That would be very nice. And you could have like maybe like a panel or something, someone from Tali, someone from... Uh, I have no Kata. time to handle it. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with the power of stuff. But if I am invited, I will be like happy. Of course you will be invited. What did you say? Let's do something. Maybe Hack the Box have the resources to organize a panel like that. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Also because yeah. being, handling such distributions is also um, a chance to collect feedback from many, many people around the world. So we can also provide the intelligence and uh, to people who want to develop something new but don't really know what to, to address them in the right direction. Uh, this is miss this tool, a tool that behaves like that is missing. Or if you are developing this tool that does, does these things, it, that will be nice to have an output compatible with this parting software so that you can have also integration across different okay. tools. Uh, Projects like ours can provide the intelligence to developers that want to develop mm -hmm. something in order to create such synergy and integrations uh, across all the tools. That's so cool. I hope it happens one day and we get to that point. And uh, the last question for the day. Uh, so the Parrot OS does have a roadmap and a life cycle. We tried to have clear roadmaps, but we failed mostly because we were rolling release. So uh, as we tried to change things, other people in other projects changed their things, and when uh, all the things came together in a new uh, in a new version, every kind of issue popped up. Uh, this is why we failed at having a roadmap when we were rolling release. Now that we are um, a long-term support based on Debian stable rather than Debian testing, and we don't have to stabilize whatever they do, uh, we can afford having a clear roadmap of what we want to do when we want, especially when we want to do our updates. Uh, and they will not just be uh, random updates because some tools were updated. We can also make important features updates. One thing that very scares people is if we switch to a, a LTS model with a stable branch, will the software be outdated for two years? Of course not, we are working on backporting uh, many, many programs. All the pen testing tools will be kept updated like if they were rolling release. And many desktop applications will be updated as well, like Firefox. And I'm testing to backport also uh, many desktop applications like VLC, Mate, KDE, uh, and of course the compilers, uh, Golang compiler, Rust, uh, GCC, uh, and so forth, they will be uh, kept updated like if the distro was rolling release. This is a huge amount of work, but we tested in, in these months to backport such software and it worked. It was easier really? than being rolling release. It was easier to backport software on a stable branch than to survive uh, in the fluxes of updates of a uh, of a testing uh, distribution like Debian testing was. Okay. Um, I think that is, uh, I think that is all I think from us from today because we're almost at uh, one hour. Let me check. You're an hour right now. <laughs> yes. And let me check if we have any questions in the chat that anyone would like to say. Okay. Uh, what about a small integration with Kali? That will be nice. Um, we used to import many Kali components in the past where we had no human resources to maintain most of the tools. Now we are on our own completely, but we still look at, at what they do to, to see whether they have good ideas or not, or if they solved a bug before we do. Um, in the future, the real integration with Kali is in the container space, maybe building um, a solution, a container-based solution that can leverage both the uh, best part of Kali and best part of Parrot together so that you can 
either have the choice or see uh, really something that we did together. That would be nice. Okay. And uh, next question uh, from here is from Sherlock. Uh, why Paradise is Debian-based and not uh, Arts Linux? Well, because Debian is more standardized, so it is uh, harder to uh, package things the first time, but then it is easier to maintain them updated over time and to spot bugs when they are there. It is easier to patch them, to monitor the patches, to migrate them version to version when the source code updates. Uh, it is a huge pain when you don't understand how package, uh, how Debian packaging works, but it is very, very helpful when you finally figure out why such complexities were put there. The code driving such complexities is arguable because it is mostly spaghetti code developed over the years of Debian, but the way it works and the way, the way it enables developers to make their job easier is amazing. Uh, I tried to, I am, I, I, not Kali, sorry, uh, Arch Linux. I am a, an Arch Linux user. I have many machines with Arch. I test it over time. I monitor its code. I even run my own Arch Linux derivative for a time with a, with a Calamares installer to ease installation out with my KDE customizations with some tools inside, uh, Qt Creator with my customization inside. So I did it. I know how to do um, uh, such kind of things on Arch, but the philosophy of development is different. And I believe that Debian is way better to achieve our goals. Kali okay. suits other needs, both for developers who need a, a, um, a different way to develop things when they do specific things, and for users when they need a completely different user experience. But hey, you can have uh, your Arch Linux customized as you want, uh, run Docker or Podman and run your part tools there. So you are free to do whatever you want on whatever system you want. And um, I was up to say something interesting about that. Oh, I've also talked with, um, um, very recently in Rome, um, with the developer of um, um, Black Arch. So, mm -hmm. and we talked about it and we found out that effectively, Black Arch is successful because it doesn't try to be a penetration testing distribution. It tries to be a collection of tools that you can use on Arch in an easy way. So it, they do an amazing job at doing their own thing, following their own model, which is different mm -hmm. from what the, we, we do. And their solution is great if done on top of Arch Linux, while ours is better done on Debian. I've also evaluated OpenSUSE or other distribution, but Debian was my my sweet spot. Okay. Um, I think that's it uh, from questions. Uh, would you like uh, to share some last notes to everyone that is uh, with us today? I wanted to make you a huge gift by releasing the beta 3 uh, ISO files compatible with ARM and so forth. But I, I, I was looking at the build platform right now. Uh, it has not yet finished building, I think, because I wanted to recompile the Debian installer again. So I, I need some extra time. But I expect within tomorrow to be able to release uh, Parrot uh, 4.0 um, Beta 3 with the installer working with um, um, the Arch uh, not, not the Arch, the Architect Edition working as well for uh, ARM64. Uh, so people who want to try it on Mac M1 can do that. Uh, so see you tomorrow. And I will try to release a, a, a new beta image in time with the working installer and with many, many interesting new things aboard to so that you can now stop trying to beta for people in the uh, following the line who have participated to the beta testing uh, stage. Uh, okay. Now, sorry, camera shut down. Now it is time to stop <laughs> debugging the installer that is supposed to work at this point and start beta testing the actual system. So great news. And there is also the Hack the Box edition as well in the beta images. So yes. from tomorrow, you will be able to download uh, the first uh, Hack the Box edition. Okay. That is amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, uh, Palinuro. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yes, uh, we will continue to do more things like that. Uh, you have done also an amazing talk. I encourage everyone to see it. 
um, at the University CTF. Um, oh, yeah. the talks. Yes, it was amazing. And uh, everyone loved it. And we're going to continue having more. Also, it would be very nice if you want to leave in the chat at the end some recommendations, not about next 10 years, more things that you would like also to see from Pirate Team and Palinuro, questions that you would like to be, to be answered, everything. Uh, because we're going to do amazing things with Pirate. And um, congrats, Palinuro, for everything that you have created. So, thank you. Bye from me. Uh, ciao, as we say, at your language. Bye. Hi. So, uh, that's it from us, uh, from Hack the Box. Uh, thank you so much all for your time. I hope we, we solved some, we replied some of your questions about Parato S and how it is to create your own operating system and how did this person started from zero to create, to, 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 to build their, their dream to life. The same happened also with Hack the Box and everyone else. So. I think uh, you can all uh, be successful at whatever you want, as long as you want it and you try and never let anyone put you down. Um, so, Happy New Year to everyone. Again, uh, I hope um, everyone is happy, is healthy, and we're going to have an amazing MEA coming up and amazing events also coming up in uh, that we were next uh, in the next release in the next two weeks. And stay tuned because amazing, good things are coming from Hack the Box and we hear your requests and we'll continue to hear them. So leave your recommendations for next NEAs and uh, more things that you would like to ask the Pirate team in the uh, questions. And um, thank you very much for being a part with us today. Have an amazing weekend. Don't forget, we have a machine tomorrow also and the challenge always today. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's it from me. Uh, thank you so much and have an amazing time. Bye to everyone. And that's all for today's AMA. Join our Discord at discord.gg slash hackthebox. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at hackthebox and see you next episode.